Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how the Bible, Holy Spirit, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. We are blessed. Today it's, yes, we're celebrating Thanksgiving and all that stuff this weekend, but I just sat there this morning realizing just how incredible it is that I get to be a part of what God is doing here at Springs Church. I, I don't know, sometimes I just get overwhelmed. Um, you know, came here almost 24 years ago, and I guess it was 24 years ago. I did not know what I was walking into, and I came from a church that, that if God wanted to heal you, he would heal you, and I would listen to Pastor Leon's messages and sit there picking them apart for the rest of the week, trying to find the, the faults in his doctrine because he would take the Bible and take it literal. When G- God says, we are healed, we're healed. And I am so thankful that I have been able to be under Pastor Leon and, and see the, the, the incredible foundation that he laid in our church for us as we continue on what God is doing. And, and I'm watching what's going on in the world and yeah, 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 there's lots of stuff. But you know what? I look at what's going on in the church, our church, church globally, and God is doing incredible things. You know, I, I just asked Fiziani next to me, was last week baptism? That was last, that feels like a while ago. But 70 people last week being baptized in our church. Like, And sometimes we could take for granted what God is doing. And, and I believe we're at the beginning of an incredible, whatever we want to call it, awakening or revival or whatever you want to call it, label it. I believe we're going to have an incredible outpouring of God's spirit and using us and speaking through us. And not just, oh, you know, the leaders of the church. No, all of us in the church are leaders. And God wants to use you wherever you are at in whatever way he will operate through you, let him, let him, because it's going to be amazing what God does in our lives. Well, I just want to take a minute and pray before we get started. Our, you know, we just had an election here in Manitoba, and we, we are believing that God is going to guide and direct our leaders. The Bible says to pray for our leaders, so let's do that. God, we just thank you. God, as we come before you, you the Bible says that as we pray, all heaven went silent as the the prayers of the saints were offered up. So God, we know you're listening. We know you hear us. We know you love this country even more than we do. And so God, we just pray for the leadership. God, we pray that you will guide and direct in the federal department. We pray, God, that you will guide, direct them, and lead them. God, we just thank you that you, even if they don't know you, they're still gonna be led by you. And God, you're gonna guide their steps. And God, we just pray provincially. God, we pray that you will continue to guide this province, that you will lead it in the ways that you want it to go. And God, we, we trust you first and put it in your hands first. And we speak against the principalities and powers of this dark age. And God, we just thank you that you are greater. 
And greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. So we thank you that your plans will be fulfilled. And God, we just thank you for the leadership of Springs Church. We pray for Pastor Sally and for the Fontaine family. We pray blessing on them. We pray wisdom, direction, and guidance over them as they navigate our, our future and navigate the steps you want us to take. God, we just pray you would give them incredible wisdom and understanding. And we also lift up Israel to you right now. And God, we just pray that you will guide those leaders and that God, you will protect all the people in that region. God, we just thank you that you are bigger than all of the things we see around us. So God, protect the people and, and protect those in, in Ukraine as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So even though today is, is Thanksgiving, I, this is a little bit different kind of message um, because this is something that God has kind of been showing me and guiding me through and and. It's amazing how many times I can get certain things messed up because of one thing. And in Acts, I believe it's at the end of Acts 2, going into chapter 3, where um, Peter was addressing the Israelites and speaking to them after the Holy Spirit came upon them. And it says there that over 3,000 were added to the church that day. And I sat there, I don't know, how, when this revelation came, but it came and I was like, wow, how many people heard the message that day? And because of their expectation, they chose not to accept Christ. See, the Israelites' expectation is, is the Messiah was going to come back and reign on the planet. Well, Jesus had already passed away. And so how could he be the Messiah? And so what they perceived, what they expected, caused them to miss what God has for them. And I find in my life, I can have unrealistic expectations and it will cause me to miss what God wants for my life. <laughs> now, hear me out. I expect that when I speak over sickness, when I speak over disease, when I speak the word of God, I expect God to fulfill what he promised to do. I expect it because that's faith. But so many times in my life, I have expected it my way, the way I want it to happen, the way I want it fulfilled, the way I see it, God, this is what I see. So do it my way. And we live in a society that wants it our way. And we want it right now. If I have to wait for something, oh my. You know, like we're in a society now that I go to Tim Hortons to get a coffee just so I can go stand in line and wait for coffee at Starbucks because it takes so long. You know, like we want our stuff now. Oh my goodness, waiting in line in traffic. You know, like we expect things to be our way. Yeah. <laughs> Silly analogy, but I'm going to say it anyways. We have this cat. His name's Gizmo. And he is a cute little dude. I didn't, I should have put a, I didn't even think about telling this story until I was up here the first service. And, and you know, he got, I, I got a love-hate relationship with him because he is the most talkative cat I've ever heard in my life. In fact, he's very sharp too. He's very smart because he found where it would echo in the house and he sits there and meows 
where it echoes through our house. And he has this cry that is just like, you know, like, and I yell at the girls, girls, come play with your cat. You know, like, come on. And I, I got to where I was like, hey, Jen and I were like, you want to get rid of this cat? I don't know. You know the girl's like, no, you can't, right? But he, he gets sick. And so he stopped eating for about a week. And, and you, you want to win my heart, you know, like have something go wrong with you. And, you know, so this little cat, I'm feeling sorry for it. It's only about a year old. And I start feeling bad for it. But growing up, I have never, <laughs> silly, you guys can laugh at me. Um, I've actually never prayed over my pets. Because I'm like, it's a pet. You have them, you, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. You have them for a while, not as long as we'd always like, but... And then, and then you, you get another cat or another pet, right? Like, that's just a cycle. And so whatever, you know. But I start feeling bad for him. And I'm driving home on a Friday. And I'm like, God, can, can I pray for a pet? Like, what a weird theological question. Now, I'm not going to say I'm theologically correct on this one, okay? But I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, okay, well, Jesus spoke to a fig tree. I mean, it's a fig tree. Can't I speak to my, my pet? So then Jesus spoke to the, the storm. It's not a life, it's a storm. Okay, Jesus changed water into wine. I, you know, like I guess there's nothing wrong with praying for your pet. So I get home and I pick the little guy up and I'm petting him and he also has this other thing that he does. He purrs more than any cat I've ever had either. So he talks a lot and he purrs a lot. So you're holding him and I'm petting him and I start praying over him. So Saturday morning, get up, go down, feed him. He doesn't eat. He just kind of sniffs it and walks away. I'm like, okay, God, I thank you that he's healed and whole and healthy in Jesus' name. I speak to that stomach, be healthy and whole. Whatever's going on in his body, be healthy and whole. Sunday comes, he eats a little bit. Monday comes, and I get up about five, go down, feed him in the mornings because I get up to go lift weights, and he's eating like he has never eaten in his life. And I'm like, wow, God, that's amazing. But here's the really funny part to me. When I fell and had that accident on my bicycle, gashed up my leg, hurt my shoulder, you know, had other bruises and stuff and internal bleeding and all these things, all of it's healed except my right toe. Broke my toe, dislocated another one, and my big toe is kind of curved a little. And they're like, oh, that must have been there before that. No, it was not before that. <laughs> and so I'm praying for my toe, speaking to it. You're healthy, you're whole, you're straight in Jesus' name. He heals my cat. Here's the thing. We expect God to do things our way. And when he doesn't, we get frustrated with him. And I think because of our unreal expectations, we will walk away from something that God has for us because we're just not being patient and trusting him. And we will miss out on incredible blessing because of our unrealistic expectations. First one that I, I noticed is 
I, I figured as I committed my life to God, life should be easier. I shouldn't have as many troubles. I shouldn't, in fact, I should have no troubles. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, amen. But here's what James has to say about it. My brother, count it pure joy when you fall into various trials. Come on, James. Speak a little something different here. Like count it pure joy because you'll have no trials. No, because knowing that the testing of your faith. Now, God doesn't put us in trials. We live on a planet that has issues. We, <laughs> we live with people who have issues. You know, like I'm sure my wife sometimes looks at me and goes, God, why did you put me in the trials? <laughs> but it says, count it pure joy. Why? Because knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I really want to get to the place where I lack nothing. So pure joy when I face trials. Why? Because as I let that patience work its way through my life, I will lack nothing. Where sometimes we expect God, and I said this earlier, a little bit, a little, we expect God to do it our way. And I find that that's my pride. As Pastor Jeremy was talking about last week, that's my pride. God, I, I want it this way. I want you to heal me in my time. I want you to give me the blessings in, in my time. I, I want what, what you have for me right now, God. Like, come on. And one of the things that really, I, I mean, we went through it. It, we, it tested our faith for Jen and I. We, have a, we had a house in Calgary, and when we left Calgary to come back to here, uh, we decided not to sell it right away because the value of the home had not gone up much at all since what we had paid for it. So we wouldn't have made much on it, if anything. So we decided to rent it. We took a couple years renting it out, and we decided, okay, let's put it up for sale now. We put it up for sale, but the people that were renting the home decided they weren't going to let very many people in to see the home. And they denied multiple showings. And we're like, God, we just want to be able to buy the house we want here and get into what we, you know, like, come on, God. You said you'd bless everything we put our hands to. You said, and, and we were struggling. God, why? But those renters decided to leave after that. They got upset with us. They left. We got new renters in. And so a couple years go by. So now we're into it about four years, five years later, and, and we decide to put it up for sale again. We had one person come see it. Now we're really like, okay, God, what is it? Are we not in faith? Like, what is wrong with us? Like, why aren't you selling this home? Anybody? Why aren't you doing what I've asked, God? And I just felt God saying, do you trust me? And that's, why I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I mention it all the time. Why? Because I need to go back to God. I trust you. And I trust you in all my, all my ways. All the things I put my hand to. I trust in you. And I'm not going to try to figure it out. So Jen and I just kept encouraging each other. Just let's trust in God. Let's trust in God. Let's trust in God. Let's, let's keep trusting him. And we get frustrated. And we'd be like, we're paying rent here. Why can't we get a home here, God? Like we want to get... Okay, God, you have better ways. You have better ways. And we just kept reminding ourselves that he's for us. Then who can be against us? And so a couple of years into it now, after that, 
some friends called and they said, man, the market here in Calgary is booming. You need to get your house on the market. And I was like, okay, okay, that's great. And then another call comes in and, hey, have you thought about, you still have that house here in Calgary? Yeah, you thought about selling it because the market here is crazy. And so we decided to put it on the market. Well, we got way more for that house than I ever thought possible, ever thought. And it was like, okay, God, that was awesome. So now we're like, we're dancing in the streets, but we're starting to look for homes here and the market's crazy here. So we go and we, we actually put in offers on a couple homes and they outbid us. Every home was going 20, 40, 60, 80,000, some of them over listing price. And we were looking for homes that were kind of fixer uppers. And we were like, we don't want to put all of our money into the down payment. We want to have some left over to be able to fix some stuff up before we move in. So we're just like, okay, God, you know what you're doing. We see this house in the area that we're living in now and, and we go to look at it and it, Sure enough, goes for about $40,000 over listing price, somewhere around there. And we're like, seriously, God, but four houses or three houses down was this house that had now had been sitting on the market for like three weeks. And we're like, well, there's something definitely wrong with this house in this market. And my wife says, well, let's just go look at it. And all right, well, we've looked at a lot of houses that the basement was like bowed in and brick was falling down and it's like this thing's got to have something majorly wrong so we walk into the house and I instantly know and we instantly know what's wrong with this house they had pets there was hair on the walls it was smelled so much like pets and and I I love pets but I don't want to smell them all the time so I'm like uh-uh and our real estate agent and Jen go, let's just walk around. And I'm like, okay, let's walk around. This is going to be great. <laughs> they are rearranging everything, tearing down walls, putting up walls, doing this, doing that, seeing it. And all I'm doing is like, it smells in here, <laughs> right? Give me a gas mask. And so they walk through the whole house and we're like, all right, let's put in an offer. And... We put in an offer that's 20000 under listed price in that crazy market. And I'm like, <laughs> there's no way we're getting that house. Two showings that night. The, night we, the day we offered two showings. Both of them, their agents call the agent and say, no, they're not interested. The agent goes back to the owners and says, you're not getting a better offer than what you have on the table. Take it. We got a house 20 grand under what asking price was in the midst of all that craziness. Only God could do something like that. And when we try to figure it out and we try to tell God the way to do it and we have the wrong expectation. Yes, I expect God to move on my behalf, but sometimes I have to be patient and trust him and wait on him and know that he has ways that I can't see. He has things planned out that I don't know. But when I have unreal expectations, I miss out. We can do the same exact thing with relationships, with relationships with friends, with relationship with our spouse. We can have unreal expectations 
And we will miss, miss out on the incredible relationship that God has designed us to have. <laughs> you guys ever read the five love languages? Anybody? So I know my love language. I love two of them are my top quality time and physical touch. So Jen has quality time in one of her top couple, but physical touch is probably one of her, her bottom. And then access service is one of her top, and gifts and access service are probably my bottom. God has a sense of humor. So it dawned on me, because I'm always, I, I don't know about you guys, but I sit there sometimes going, well, why doesn't, why doesn't she touch me more? And why doesn't she want to spend more time with me? And if she would just do those things, I would feel loved more. Right? We start doing that, and something inside of me just goes, watch her. Just pay attention to her. So I started watching her one Saturday, and I'm watching football, but I'm watching her at the same time. <laughs> Cut my feet up, relaxing, watching football, eating some chips. She cleans the house. She starts and does laundry. She makes us meals. She does the dishes. She went outside and took care of the yard. She didn't mow the lawn. That's my job. And she does all of this stuff showing us how much she loves us. And so many times we're looking at what they're not doing instead of what they are doing. See, we have these unreal expectations. If Jen doesn't speak the love language that I speak, I need to step back and realize she's speaking love. I just need to see it. I need to receive it. And so after that, I just started thanking her specifically. Jen, thank you so much for taking care of us and fixing us dinner. Thank you so much for cleaning the house and washing the floors. Thank you so much for taking care of our needs with taking care of the laundry. Thank you so much. And you could just see her that day as I thanked her for all the things that she had done while I had my feet up. I could see her just like I'm being seen. See, we have these unreal expectations that our spouse is going to meet all of our needs. Only one person can meet all of your needs, and that's God. And you know what? I need friendships with other men. Why? Because I'm not a woman. <laughs> I don't think like a woman. My jokes aren't always what a woman wants me to, to joke with. In fact, I get the dirty look all the time. I have two daughters and my wife will look at me going, we're raising ladies here. <laughs> but we have these expectations that this person is supposed to make us happy. My wife, it's not her job to make me happy. Our relationship is so we can help each other grow and become the person that we're supposed to be. But I also don't have the expectation that I can change her. The expectation is I can only change me. But when I get unreal expectations of I'm going to fix them, oh, that's, that's a whole lot of issues right there. Because you can't change anyone except for yourself. You see, unreal expectations causes us to miss the good things that are right in front of us. 
Because instead of seeing the good things that they bring to my life, I only see what I'm not getting. What they aren't doing. Instead, (laughs) this is where it becomes a Thanksgiving message. I need to appreciate the people around me. I need to appreciate the people in my life. I need to appreciate the job. I need to be appreciating the things that I have in my life because when I do, I appreciate, I have gratitude for those things. I'm thankful for those things and it raises the value. When I appreciate my wife and when she appreciates me, we raise the value of each other. The Bible, the, another word for appreciate is grateful. Feeling and, or showing an appreciation of kindness to be thankful. See, when I'm grateful for my wife, I don't need to look outside of my marriage to find somebody else, another lady that will feed me what I feel like I need. When I am grateful for her, I see how incredible she is and how amazing she is. But so many times we're looking at what they're not doing instead of what they are doing. When I'm grateful for my friends, I'm less likely to hurt them. Why? Because I care about them and I'm grateful for them and I don't want to hurt them. When I'm grateful for my boss, I don't talk about him behind his back. I honor him or her instead of dishonoring. When I'm grateful for my job, I'm unlikely to complain about it. But it's one thing just to say, oh yeah, I'm grateful. I need to be speaking gratefulness in those areas of my life. We were on a trip, Jen and I, and we were in Florida. We were, we were flying in and out of Tampa and there was a hurricane that came through. And so it was really cool. It was like, we, we got an extra day on vacation. This is great. Like, I'll take that. So they bumped our flights and so we were flying the next day, but there was this lady that was really agitated. And she was taking it out on the lady at the desk at our gate. And she was just going off on this, this lady going and just yelling at her. And I need to be on this flight. I have to have a seat on this flight. And I don't know if, if she was on standby. I have no idea what was going on. But Jen turned to me and said, I'm going to go offer our seats for this lady. And I was like, okay, an extra day of vacation. I'm cool with that. And so Jen walks up and says, hey, I, I noticed this lady is really upset and we're willing to give up our seats so that she can have seats so that you can kind of help her and, and get her out of your hair if you'd like. And the lady goes, thank you, and takes our tickets. So Jen comes back and I'm thinking, yeah, extra day of vacation. Hey, Pastor Leon, I'm not making it back tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm pumped. So then a few, probably 20 minutes later, this this lady at the, day, the desk calls Jen up and Jen comes back with two tickets. And I'm like, oh man. But Jen is smiling and she goes, we're flying first class. <laughs> now, this was the only time I've flown first class. <laughs> we get in the seat and I'm like, they come up and they're like, uh, sir, would you like a... Uh, warm towel and I'm like oh yes (laughs) you know like this is good times the lady that was yelling at the the goes she's sitting like I'm back of the plane here I'm like (laughs) 
with my warm towel. I am loving it. But it was amazing to me because Jen was graceful and appreciative. She changed the narrative of our flight. You see how much appreciation can change things? And so many times we think of it as, oh, you know, and no, no, no. Being grateful, this, I got a few points. I got two minutes to get through them, so I'm going to try to get through them all. Being grateful keeps God's peace in our life. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, you can study the whole thing on your own. I'm not going to make it all the way through it. It says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I, I will say it again, rejoice. Let gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I read that and I go, so what does the and here mean? And the peace of God. And if you're doing these things, if you're rejoicing in the Lord always, and you're letting the gentleness of God, the Lord in your life be evident, and you're not being anxious about everything, you're trusting in God and in prayer and in petitions with thanksgiving, peace will reign in your heart. Peace that passes all understanding. I have seen people, when they get out of peace, make decisions in their life that they regret because they don't have peace. They get frantic, they get agitated, they get restless, and they'll make decisions that aren't the best decision for their life. They think that if I just move here, or if I just do this, or if I just do that, if we are patient, letting peace guide us, letting thankfulness be in our heart, man, it's amazing how we can avoid pitfalls and struggles. Bible also says we need to be grateful in every circumstance. Pastor Michaela mentioned this earlier. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say be thankful for the circumstance. We can go through really difficult things, but we can still find things to be thankful for in the midst of those struggles, in the midst of those trials. You know, as my wife and I were going through that whole house thing, we had healthy kids. We had a house, a roof over our head. We had great friends that we were hanging out with. We had so many things to be thankful for. But if we just look at what our struggle is, we get out of peace, we get out of trust, and we start to focus on the negative. I am not thankful for the struggles, but I am so thankful through those struggles that God is walking me through it. Be grateful in every circumstance. I said this in the first service. Some, so many times we can be, instead of being grateful and thankful and, and looking at what God is doing, we can be going, well, God, I'm speaking to the mountain. Why isn't it moving? Well, there's certain things that God says he'll move. Sickness, disease, he'll move. But some things he says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means you have to walk out change. 
in your life. He's not moving that mountain. And a, an analogy that he kind of put in my head one time because I was speaking to mountains that I shouldn't be speaking to. And God goes, if I move that mountain, your valley gets bigger. Do you want to stay in that valley? I'm like, no. Renew your mind. Trust in him. Let him guide your steps. He will help you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. I don't have to be troubled. I don't have to be struggling, even though I'm walking through a difficult time. Why? Because he is with me. And as I renew my mind to what the word of God says for my life, I get to have his blessings, even in the valley of the shadow of death. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be discouraged because he is with me. And the last thing, as I'm way out of time, is being grateful is the key to experiencing God's presence daily. Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Then in Psalms 16, 11, it says this, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When I put those two verses together, I realized I enter into his courts by saying, God, I'm just so thankful. And then as I worship him and praise him, I enter into his presence. And then in his presence, joy comes into my life. When I'm not walking in joy, it's because I haven't spent time in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Years ago, I was at a conference and it was a, a master's conference and went up to the front and I was praying at the front and this guy named Junior, we'd kind of been friends, but we knew, each, we knew of each other. And Junior was from California. He'd grown up in Watts or Compton. I don't remember which neighborhood, so bad neighborhoods. And he comes up and he's praying for me. And then he, he says, what's happened to you? And I go, what do you mean? I'm, I'm fine. And he's like, no, something's changed. And I go, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, you aren't the same Danny that I met when I came here to watch and see if I wanted to come to Masters years ago. And I was like, uh, I'm kind of lost here. He said, when I came here, do you remember when I came your year of Masters? And I said, yeah. He goes, you stood out to me. And I watched you for two weeks. And he said, there's no way anyone can be this joyful. There is no way anyone can be this happy all the time. And he said, you've lost that. And it just hit me because I realized what had happened. In Masters, we had prayer time and in Masters, we had time where we had worship. And so when I got out of Masters, I wasn't as diligent with seeking God and being in his presence. And because of that, the joy of the Lord that had always been my strength, that had always been there for me, wasn't there. And the cares of this world were starting to weigh at me. But as soon as I started back into that in the morning, spending time with God, spending time worshiping him, spending time just thanking him for the incredible things that he's doing in my life, the joy started coming back. And if you're around me for any length of time, 
you know I'm generally up to something. I'm always laughing. Like, I'm having a good time. Why? Because life is short. I want to live it to the fullest. But the only way I'm going to get that is when I spend my life in his presence. What is it today that's troubling you? What is it today that's causing you, instead of looking to your source, you're looking at the issue? God wants you, even in the midst of your trials, to walk with such joy and grace and peace that everybody around you goes, how? How? Well, it's only because of one relationship. Relationship with him. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. It's so powerful. Your word says that it's a double-edged sword and it cuts through joint and marrow, spirit and soul. It changes us. God, I pray that today we wouldn't just take thankfulness and kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't take appreciation for the people around us. Yeah, yeah. But we'd realize that it's a catalyst for good things in our life. God, I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on a cross so that we could have the incredible relationship with you that you want us to have. That no matter how imperfect we are, no matter how much we fall short, you make up the difference. Thank you, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't like to end a service without giving people the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into their life. We're going to pray a prayer in, in just a moment and every head's going to be bowed and every eye is going to be closed. But if you would like to make a decision to live your life for God, you, you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I, I want what you've been talking about. I, I, I don't want to have to worry about the things in this world. I don't want to have to worry about some of the stuff I'm carrying. I want to let it go. The first step is saying, God, I, I give you my life. And then trusting him for going forward. The Bible says if we confess Christ with our mouth and believe in our heart, that he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from all the sickness, struggles, trials, tribulations. He'll help us walk through them all. He'll save us through them all. If that's you today and you feel like, man, I need to pray this prayer, I'm gonna just ask you to do one thing before we all pray together. You guys are gonna repeat it after me. But I'm gonna ask you to do one thing. Just quickly look up and give me a wave and say, Pastor Danny, I want to pray this prayer with you. If that's you today, just quickly raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you. Thank you. Look into the middle. Thank you. Anybody else in the middle section? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you back there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Thank you. Over here on this side, to our, my, my, your left Anybody over here, thank you. Just quickly raise your hand. Give me a wave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you back there. Anybody else today? Thank you here in the front. Thank you. Hallelujah. Going to look through the audience one more time. Sometimes we let fear hold us back. What will my friends think? What will my family think? God has an incredible future for you, and if you trust him, he'll guide you through it. 
just put your faith and trust in him. If that's you today, and you'd say, you know what, I, I want to pray that prayer. Just really quickly, give me a wave as I look one more time through the crowd. Anybody else today? Thank you back there. Anybody else today? Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. I ask that you'd come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I accept you now. Thank you for your love, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen.